0: Thanks for joining us today for the Anchor Daily. We are reading through the books of Acts, learning about the early church and the unstoppable power of the gospel. Listen close as we dive deep into Luke's and Paul's accounts. When you started reading today's scripture verses, 1 Corinthians chapters 3, 4, 5, and 6, what was your gut reaction? Well, mine was man. Paul is not a happy camper. There are a lot of things going on in these four chapters, so let's not waste any time and dive in and see what God has for you and me as we look at this letter from the Apostle Paul to the young church in Corinth. Hi everyone, Mark Wasmeller here, and I'm thrilled to have this opportunity to discuss today's Anchor Daily Readings from Paul's second letter to the church of Corinth. Did I just misspeak there? No, what we know as 1 Corinthians is actually Paul's second letter to them, second letter of four, but I'll leave that to you to ferret out and study for yourself. Now I'm gonna date myself here. I was born in 1963, and I grew up in the late 60s, the 70s, and early 80s. For those of you listening that are my age, you will hopefully remember the Chrysler Cordoba commercials that featured Ricardo Montalban, also known as Mr. Rourke of Fantasy Island fame. In those commercials, he explained that the seats of the Chrysler Cordoba Were upholstered in fine corinthian leather so when you think of the city of corinth that paul founded this church in think of las vegas and san francisco and new york city just to name a few all rolled into one that will hopefully give you a picture of the socio-economic culture that was corinth back in the first century but what happened in corinth didn't stay in corinth but that's a good thing for us because it generated several letters between the apostle Paul and the Corinthians. And we are the benefactors of that communication. So let's dive in, shall we? So what strikes me first and foremost in how Paul addresses the recipients of this letter, he calls them brethren. And that is there to remind us that Paul is speaking to fellow believers, to Christians. We read the whole of scripture. It is important to remind ourselves that there are only two classes of people in God's economy believers and unbelievers, those who have been born once and those who have been born twice, both physically and spiritually, that there is no third class. Now, within the class of born-again believers, there are two different natures. One of those natures is spiritual and the other is carnal. The difference between these two natures is that the old nature, the carnal nature, is controlled by the flesh. This nature has failed to make progress in spiritual growth And is still sensual and fleshy. So, Paul is writing to carnal, fleshy, immature believers. In his mind, they should, for the most part, be beyond being controlled by the flesh. They should be controlled by the Spirit. We see this immediately in the first three chapters, first three verses of chapter three, which reads in the NASB And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of the flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not able, for you are still fleshy. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, you are not fleshy. Are you not fleshy? And are you not walking like mere men? If you look at verse three in various translations, it's really kind of interesting the different ways that it's translated. The Amplified Bible uses the phrase, to a worldly people dominated by human nature, mere infants. The Revised Standard Version says, men of the flesh, as babes. The Wycliffe Bible says, fleshy men, as to little children. The Living Bible says, still just babies in the Christian life who are not following the Lord, but your own desires. And the New Life Version says, as men who have not yet obeyed the things you have been taught, I spoke to you as if you were baby Christians. Are you seeing a pattern these various translations paint a picture for us about the corinthian church and why paul is not happy with them there is no discernible difference between these corinthian believers and unbelievers and why is this paul outlines it for us as we look at paul's list of the things that have been reported to him that the corinthians are doing let's be sure that we at the same time are examining and asking ourselves individually and corporately, if any of these areas are areas that we too might struggle with. Paul tells the Corinthians, my paraphrase, that they are filled with jealousy and strife. They are devoid of love for one another. They have a holier-than-thou attitude. They are filled with spiritual pride. They are separatistic. They are contentious. They tolerate immorality, specifically sexual immorality, within their own ranks and rather than settle disputes internally, they take them to the secular world to be aired, argued, and decided. Paul rebukes the Corinthians for their lack of maturity, and he also encourages them to grow in grace, knowledge, faith, and holiness. How about you and me? Can the world around us discern that there's a difference in us compared to unbelievers? Christian maturity is not about being better than others. Rather, it is about being a better version of yourself today, more Christ-like, than you were yesterday, and a better version tomorrow than you are today. So much so that the unbelieving, unsaved world around us notices and desires to know the reason why we are different. That difference is Christ in us, spilling out on the world around us. As servants of Christ, Paul tells the Corinthians and us that comparison is wrong that they and we are not in competition with one another, that we are the stewards of the talents and gifts that we have been graciously given. Chief among what we have been given is the gospel message. The primary requirement of a steward is faithfulness. As stewards of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are to faithfully live a life that outwardly demonstrates a believer's inward commitment to the gospel. Paul exhorts the Corinthians and us to be imitators of him as he imitates Christ, and he sends Timothy to them as his representative. So, are you a representative of and imitator of Christ to those around you? And if you are not, are you humbly able to admit that you need a Paul and or a Timothy in your life to model it for you? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you give each of us spiritual wisdom, humility, and insight, so that we might grow in the knowledge of you. That our hearts would be flooded with the light, so that we can understand the confident hope that you have given to us, and have been called, who have been called by you, called to be bearers to the good news of your gospel to a hurting world that so desperately needs your loving touch and embrace. May we not act or think in such a way that would detract from your call on our lives to be witnesses for your Son, in whose mighty and precious name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Listen tomorrow as we encourage each other through God's Word. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so, because we would love to continue to grow with you. We'd also like a chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you can find all sorts of ways to serve, worship, and learn together.